Welcome to the ENA Podcast. Welcome to a special edition of the ENA Podcast, which today we're calling the No Silence on ED Violence Podcast, because today's a very special day for the Emergency Nurses Association and the American College of Emergency Physicians. I'm Dan Campana, Senior Manager for PR and Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association, and I'm honored to welcome two special guests to the podcast today, ENA President Patty Kuntoward and ASAP President Dr. William Jayquist to talk about the campaign. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Dan. So this is a big day for both organizations as we're really kind of uh, setting a new tone for the conversation on the issue of workplace violence with uh, which both of you know very well from uh, your career paths and, and the people that you've worked with and certainly in, as represent, representing both of these organizations. Patty, let me start with you. Um, really, why is workplace so workplace violence so important an issue that it needs to have these two major voices come together in a partnership like this? Well, workplace violence is really important to us in the emergency department because it really impacts the care that we deliver and really no nurse or physician in the emergency department or any other healthcare professional in our space should feel unsafe because we're there to care for people, not to have to question our own safety. Dr. Jacquis, uh, the, the idea that you know, physicians and nurses, they work side by side every day in the ED and they experience this together. You know, how can this partnership begin to change the tide on, on ED violence? Because it's certainly something that has uh, unfortunately been around for a long time, but there's really no been clear one clear answer to fix what this this problem has become. So why is this partnership among these groups of people that work so closely together? Why is this you know the the right partnership to really get the change in, in tone and what this is all about? I think you said a little bit about that before, Dan. This is a team sport. We work together more closely than probably any other entity because we are in that format working together. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, side by side in order to try to provide the best care possible. And I think if we speak as one voice, not separated, but aligned in our approach to try to both help our teams and the people in our teams support each other and feel as though they can state what their problem is related to this particular issue, when we do that, hopefully we'll have a, strong, a stronger voice and a louder voice and we'll really create some meaningful impact that we haven't been able to yet. You use the word impact. So whether it is a physician or a nurse, everybody has been touched by this in some way or another. Uh, in your professional career, um, what stories do you have as it relates to, to violence or as, as a victim or someone who has witnessed this happen you know, to, to your colleagues? I mean, everybody's got a story. Is there one that, you, you know, that resonates with you about this issue? There are many, Dan, and it goes everywhere from violence that's just a verbal violence, which happens very, very frequently, to physical violence. I think if you asked, uh, probably the majority of our nurses and the majority of our physicians have had some impact directly to them of violence, as have I. Uh, I've, I've seen violence in our workplace that went as far as seeing one of our nurses dragged by her hair and, and beaten with a fist until somebody could help her, uh, among many other things and many other stories. And, and I, of course, myself has also been in those situations, both threatened and also struck uh, as a result of workplace violence. 
Patty, I'll ask you the same question. You know, I'm sure that you have a lot of similar experiences and seen a lot of similar things, but you know, is there a, an example to you that, that stands out as really exemplifying how horrific this is and, and how this really, you know, it, it is a detriment to a place that should be about care and healing, but has become all too often a scene of violence? I think there's many, many stories that I could share, but really one that is really resonates with me as a nurse of ours recently, well, about six months ago, was actually um, choked by a patient. And it really wasn't for very long, but honestly, that nurse thought that she was going to die, even though people were there literally within about 15 seconds. It was very frightening for her. She checked in as a patient. She was very traumatized by it, as you might expect, because when someone has hold of you and you can't get your breath, it's really, really frightening. And, you know, she was off work for some time because in addition to being choked, she also had some other physical injuries. And so it was really challenging and it's it's frightening to those around to see that. It's their peer. And, you know, that they're, they're then trying to free their peer from someone that they're also supposed to be taking care of. And it can be a really challenging situation, both um, ethically, morally, and even physically. So one component of this campaign is really to build public awareness of this issue because we do see a lot of media coverage that sort of matter-of-factly points out that this is happening, which sort of indicates that the public doesn't really recognize that this does happen. But there's another component to this, which is really about enhancing the voice and, and empowering uh, ED nurses and physicians to be more open about this, to talk about it, and to really speak about the change they want to see. Where do you, you know, I'll open this up to both of you. Um, really, where do you see as the greatest impact, um, you know, uh, heading toward? Is it really building that public awareness or do we need to have some institutional change that can begin to turn the corner as to how this is being handled by the people who are most directly affected by it? Well, I think there's a near term and a longer term answer to that, uh, Dan. Uh, the near term is we are creating a voice for those who have been victims of violence so that they can tell their story. And as with many things we do, when they're able to tell their story, others can read their story and share as well. There are many venues through social media where people are doing this already, and obviously we created another one as well, but part of that is understanding that the things that you feel and the things that you see as a result of your workplace and uh, experiences that you have, other people are having the same. I think the longer term issue is how do we change it? Uh, and and there, are, there are various mechanisms that we hope will we'll be able to be successful in doing so all the way up to federal legislation on this particular issue. But uh, what we need is something not just that allows us to be heard, but makes uh, meaningful change in our workplace for not just us as the workers, but also the patients and their families who witness all of these things as well and want in their time of need to go to a safe place to receive care as well. Patty, some thoughts on that as well? I totally agree with the things that Dr. Jaquist just said, but also I would add, I think one of the other things that I hope results from this increased awareness is realistically that all healthcare facilities support their staff. You know, I'm very fortunate to work in an institution that's very supportive, but I hear stories from our members and others across the country who are discouraged from reporting, who don't get the support they need after being assaulted. And I think that that's a really critical change that needs to occur because we want everyone to feel supported when they've been victimized. Dr. Jaquist, uh, Patty kind of mentioned about what she could see as that change, that positive change, you know, as a result of this campaign. 
you know, looking at this maybe a year from now, uh, what would you deem you know to be successes that you would like to see as a result of, of this partnership and, and really getting this enhanced voice and encouragement to people to to speak up and to seek change? Uh, what could you see a year from now that you would say that this campaign has been a success? A year from now, I would like to see that people who have been victims of violence, they feel uh, they feel able to not only voice their concerns sort of in a more private setting, but they're supported by their institution. They're supported by local law enforcement. They're supported by the judicial system. And they're supported by other law that allows us to proceed with these. As, as, uh, as Patty said, a lot of the time what happens with these episodes is they stay silent because there's no ability through that continuum to express your, your story and have action as a result of it. So I think if all of a sudden we saw that our staff could report the violence locally and see that proceed appropriately through our legal and judicial system, then we would feel very, very fortunate. So and, and I'll follow up with that um, with you and, and say, if you have a message to people who are listening to this, who are working in EDs, regardless of whether a member of either organization, but there's somebody who sees this and, and lives with this, this fear of, of being victimized, what would be you know, uh, that quick message that you would want to give them about what they're facing every day? You know, how would you encourage them to, you know, they're doing this job for a reason. Uh, they they want to help patients. They're committed to, you know, to their work but this lingers over them. What would be your message to them, you know, on a one-to-one, -one, but also as part of this campaign? Well, Dan, I think it starts with the, the, uh, the activity itself, no silence. Move from silence to no silence. Tell us your stories. Tell your leaders at your hospital your stories. Tell your coworkers your stories. Tell those who will listen what you feel like. And I think that's what's lost in a lot of this. It's not just the physical violence. It is the emotional toll of going to a workplace that's not safe and trying to deliver care in a setting where you are not sure if that next patient is the one will that will commit the violence uh, toward you. So we have to move away and develop a safe workplace so people that come in can can work well with the vast, vast majority of patients that come in and the families that need that care. And don't exhibit any violence, but no silence is the initial start. Speak up. Patty, uh, I'll give you the, the final word on that. What, what would be your message to a nurse, a physician, or anybody who is, is potentially in the, the line of harm that can occur when it comes to ED violence? I think being situationally aware is really important. I think so many times we're so focused on the care we're providing, we don't always think about the positions we put ourselves in. And I think today, um, we are starting to be more aware of that and not putting ourselves in a position in the room where we couldn't get out if the patient became disruptive or difficult or the family member. So I think really that is a, a very key message is being aware of how you can get out of that space so that you can protect yourself and be safe if something's happening. And then also I think the other big message is we all owe it to ourselves to advocate for all of the things we've mentioned during this call because we are our own best advocate you know, advocate. We have to talk about the fact that this occurs and that it shouldn't occur and that everyone should report. Well, uh, ENA President Petty Coons Howard and ASAP President Dr. William Jayquist, I appreciate you both taking some time today to really help us kick off this campaign, you know, in, in a big way. And 
showing the dedication of the, the two organizations to work together uh, to really change the tone of the conversation and ultimately change the tide on, on workplace violence. So we thank you both for being here on the ENA podcast today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. So that'll do it for this episode, but I want to encourage everyone listening to check out the website, stopedviolence.org. There we have resources, we have advocacy information, and we'll be adding more materials to that site in the coming weeks and months that really offer opportunities to guide, uh, guide nurses and physicians who have gone through unfortunate incidents of violence and understand what they can do to deal with their situation, but also to work toward change within their institution and, and to support their colleagues who have gone through this. And a big component of this is social media. So on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, look up the hashtag StopEDViolence to get a sense of some of the information that we're putting out there, but also to join the conversation, to share your stories, and really start to build a peer network of individuals who are experiencing varying degrees of this issue, but also are looking for ways to share the stories of how they've had successes in seeking the right information, being supported by leadership, and ultimately being supported by law enforcement. So there's a lot of great things that are already happening with the No Silence on ED Violence campaign, but there's a lot more to come. So stay tuned to our social media, stay tuned to the stopedviolence.org website, and listen for more on this uh, throughout the year on the ENA podcast. So that does it for this episode. Once again, thank you to our guests. And as always, we appreciate you listening and look forward to you joining us next time.